0: and welcome back to the show well i guess back to the show if you've been here before welcome to the show if this is your first time and if this is your first time welcome to the goat tribe you are now under my little wing okay so welcome to the show i'm your host and we are gonna just jump right in A little disclaimer, you guys. I don't usually do these, but we're gonna go pretty into the depths. So, if you want, you can feel free to skip the episode. We're gonna talk about missing kids, sex trafficking, and possibly the ritualistic murders of several individuals. So, welcome to the show, and today we're talking about sex trafficking. So, I think we've all heard about Pizzagate at this point. We probably have our own opinions on it. Um, um, I don't know. There's been a bunch of WikiLeaks with these type of information. Mostly coming out through emails or other kinds of documents, but it seems mainly emails. So, everybody's probably heard by now. Um, this is a brand new conspiracy theory. And it appeared first on Reddit. ...and quickly caught fire on Twitter and several other platforms going viral. And the claim is basically that Wayfair.com, a website for furniture, is selling missing children. So, if you haven't heard about it, basically people are saying that there are a lot of overpriced cabinets... ...and even objects like pillows... That are like like throw pillows that are like $9,999 or something like that. And like some cabinets that are $12,000 and apparently have the names of some children that went missing. So before I delve all the way into the Wayfair thing, I just want to talk about the Satanic Panic. And i uh, just kind of ask... Is this our version of the Satanic Panic? Are these claims um the new Satanic Panic? The 2020 version, I guess. Um You know how these things are. They attempt to stay hip and move with the times. So, if you don't know, the Satanic Panic was basically a time around the 70s and 80s. No, 80s and 90s. Late 80s, early 90s, when there were several people, I guess, making claims mostly about daycares, um, doing satanic sacrifices or using children in satanic rituals. So, it's basically mass hysteria, and there's sort of a lot of speculation as to why the satanic panic sort of bubbled up and I guess if you understand sort of culture at the time uh you got the 50s when the American dream is basically you work a job probably the same job your dad had family business type thing and you get the house you get the car you get the woman you get the dog and as we all know uh moving into the 60s Um, there was the Psychedelic Revolution, there was the Vietnam War, um, kind of people throwing out that narrative and sort of trying out new modes of thinking. Um, you'll notice that any time in history when a group is trying to correct another group's modality of thinking, they will often overcorrect at first, and then sort of, uh, level off after that I think the 60s are sort of a good example of that where everyone is engaging in this type of behavior it seems like, you have tons of people um you have Woodstock, you have people doing LSD, you have people starting cults, living in communes um, just all kinds of stuff like that so I think then moving into the 70s um, you know that stuff sort of levels out um at the end of the 660s uh 69 we have the Manson murders and that whole stuff um that year also the satanic bible is written which is written by Anton LaVey and it's considered the seminal work for modern satanism um, the key text for the Church of Satan, which is the group that LeVay founded in 1966. And probably the biggest, uh, satanic church, I will say. The Church of Satan. Uh, there's also the Temple of Satan. And we'll be talking about them in later episodes because I really like some of their ideas and some of the stuff they do. They do a lot of, um humanitarian type stuff and yeah they just do a lot of cool stuff but anyways um so we have like a rise in occult type stuff in the 70s uh there's lots of scary scary movies yeah when the exorcist came out the exorcist movie came out that was a pretty uh scary time i guess because for one it was something that was very impressive for its time as a film, but it was also something that was just really playing on people's fears at that time and the type of stuff that would seriously scare people, I think. So in the 1980s, you start to have um AIDS scares, there's... Uh, kids that are kidnapped being put on milk cartons. Um, there's a lot of panic from the Tylenol murders, which we probably will do an episode on as well. Um, those trick-or-treat scares that we've all heard about, supposedly people, um, using candy to try to kill children. And this is the first wave of scary killer clowns. And if you guys remember, The Great Clown Panic of 2016. That was not really a thing. I guess there was just like a few funny videos online. It's, uh, yeah, that was fun. The 2016 version was fun. Anyways, those were different times, guys. Different, better times. In 1980, this memoir comes out called Michelle Remembers, which is supposedly regressed memories of this woman's childhood through hypnosis where she was saying that members of the church of satan which she said was older than lave's group by several centuries were abusing her and this has been thoroughly debunked but it did scare a lot of people and it did lead to the daycare rumor. And the daycare sex abuse mass panic is uh really what I was thinking of when I was thinking of the satanic panic. I guess it does kind of stretch out longer than that, though, and it does apply to other things as well. So yeah, they were saying that uh people were doing satanic rituals at daycare centers... And this sent at least 26 people to jail. Nearly all of the convictions have since been overturned, including that of a local carpenter named John Stoll, who spent 20 years of his 40-year sentence in jail. Um, Parents Scott and Brenda Niffin, I I believe, um, were each sentenced to 240 years in jail after their own sons were coached through coercive investigative techniques and overeager therapists to accuse them of child molestation. So, the really, really sad thing is you have people turning kids against their parents to try and get them in prison. Or keep them in prison, I guess. Because supposedly they were involved in this type of satanic behavior. And just to be real... If you guys ever meet any satanists, they're very cool people. They don't believe in any of this weird um ritual stuff that you need to sacrifice kids. Um most of the tenets of satanism I actually agree with, but there were uh tons of stuff that happened um all kinds of cases. You might have heard of the West Memphis Three, or just um, some of the other cases. But anyways, yeah, the Satanic Panic even leads up to cases to this day. It has not really ended. Alright, so we've had a little bit of talk about the Satanic Panic. Let's get back really quickly to our original topic, which was the Wayfair children. Is Wayfair selling children? Is Wayfair selling children inside of cabinets? (sighs) Um, I feel like it's less likely that the kid is just inside the cabinet, and it's more likely that the cabinet is just some sort of way to leave a paper trail for these types of large purchases. Um, fuck, that sounds awful. I don't know. Um... But what I do know is, this is very weird. It popped up on July 9th into the public scope. And it was something that I quickly wrote about. And then I was just like, how do I get more information? Where's this information coming from? What is... ah!" And then I just got overwhelmed. There was TikTok videos. There was Instagram story videos. There was Snapchat story videos. There was just messages and messages being sent back and forth that people were sending each other, and... So, I got on Snopes, and I looked it up, and Snopes was very quick to say nope on this one, which I thought was weird. So, this was only two days after. I checked it to July 11th, so it was two days after, um it really had gone viral and one day after i had heard about it and i was just wondering how snopes could have got their information so quickly was there really even an investigation um how did they just get this after just writing it just coming out pretty much and the more i looked into this it seemed like there was an extremely high number of regurgitated articles quickly being pumped out on this topic. And while I was following threads on Reddit and Twitter, I began to start to believe that there could be some credibility to the theory. So, if you don't know about Wayfair, wayfair.com was founded in 1992 in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, they made approximately 9.13 billion last year. So, they're in they're a giant company. They make a ton of money. But the theory as of yet is uncorroborated and honestly it's just a truly awful look for the company even if they aren't doing the most nefarious things like we think they are but they're still selling these high quality items supposedly and they're naming them after missing children. A lot of the pictures looked identical but many had different names most of the names were of girls and it seemed like they all correlated to missing kids i also watched uh there was one video of one of the girls that they were claiming was missing and was named in one of the ads and she was saying that look i've been found i wasn't kidnapped by wayfair you guys are crazy or whatever. So there was that as well. But this is not the first time that Wayfair has had a bad look in the media. Around 550 employees staged a walkout just over a year ago in June 2019 after finding out they were making beds to cage children in ICE detention centers in Texas near the Mexican border. The deal was made with a government contractor for $200,000 worth of beds and other furniture for a detention center in Carrizo Springs, Texas. So, as you all probably know, children are being taken from their families now more than ever with the Trump administration changes to foreign policy, or immigration policies, I guess. There are claims of these being well-maintained facilities, when in reality they are a lot more like youth prison camps. It's really sad what's happening in these places. The pictures are awful. The kids look like they're just trapped in cages like animals, and just it, it's awful. Um, Wayfair essentially made the claim that that making furniture for the facilities would improve conditions and be a good thing for the prisoners. Apparently, many of their employees did not feel the same way. It's, it's truly awful, awful what's happening on our southern border. Uh, there's been new information coming out all the time about the mistreatment of people in these facilities. Many have died, been raped, gone without food, and now with coronavirus, these types of places are considered especially susceptible. And prisoners are being sprayed several times a day with harsh chemicals at nearly toxic levels. (laughs) My heart goes out to all the families that have been destroyed by violence and tried to come to the U.S. seeking safety. I'm praying for you, and I'm praying for your loved ones. I think there are other ways to address issues of illegal immigration rather than what is being implemented right now. And I wish more people were talking about it, because what happens in these detention centers is really, really sad. We shouldn't be treating anyone this way. We should be giving people, especially children, at least at least hospitable living conditions. At the very very least. Okay, sorry guys. I had to just get. That's something I feel passionate about, so I had to just say that. Um, of course, Wayfair also said in their statement that there is no truth to these claims. The they. Products in question are industrial-grade cabinets that are accurately priced, the company said. Recognizing that the photos and descriptions provided by the supplier did not adequately explain the high price point, we have temporarily removed the products from site to rename them and to provide a more in-depth description and photos that accurately depict the product to clarify the price point. Okay, is that not suspect as fuck though, people? And I don't mean to get all riled up, but come on. The weird thing is there were a lot more names than just the three that were mostly popping up online. So you may have seen the photos of cabinets called Alivia, Naraya, Samaya, and Yuritsa ranged from 12,699.99 and 99 Fourteen thousand four hundred ninety-nine and ninety-nine cents. These were the ones that were originally posted in the conspiracy rabbit little bit conspiracy subreddit, and the ones that I saw most often. Um, Samaya was the name of the child that had since been found. So every article I read about this said there was little evidence to prove these claims, which. I guess could be right if you're thinking about trying to take them to court over it right now, but I'm under the assumption that the simplest answer is usually correct, and there are basically only three possible solutions that I see being appropriate in this particular situation. You can draw your own conclusions as to the probability of each, and feel free to come up with your own hypothesis as well, but here we go in no particular order. So first we could have the conspiracy we discussed, there's some kind of child trafficking ring selling children directly on the site through products like the ones we've mentioned. So basically, that's just, yeah, they were doing it. Um We don't know how, specifically. Two, there is someone within the company that is playing some kind of fucked up joke and is trying to... Name things after missing children for motives that I can't really seem to come up with. Or number three, this is all a coincidence. There's no wrongdoing by the company. Their statement is legit and Snopes is always right. It appears to me that the age of the internet is illuminating probably the darkest and most insidious crimes that human beings could ever be involved with and that's crimes against children. What many used to claim as conspiracy has now been proven. Um The best two examples of this that I know of are the pedophilia of priests in the Catholic Church and now Jeffrey Epstein. What used to be arbitrarily debunked as the rantings of conspiracy theorists has now been brought to light showing how predators can be lurking silently in even the most unseemingly situations. Before 2018's landmark Pennsylvania grand jury report which named more than 300 predator priests accused of abusing more than 1,000 children in six dioceses the official lists of credibly accused priests added up to fewer than 1,500 names nationwide so there's a lot of people saying that satanists are to blame but it would appear that the only evidence we have at the moment of mass pedophilia is directly linked to the catholic church uh do with that what you will guys i'm just here to state the facts and put together my own little narrative and see how it plays out i guess thanks for coming to the show this has been a little bonus episode and i hope you all have a great week